My name is Michael Scott. Welcome to my world and prepare to be awakened. This is episode 14 of Awakenings. Hi, I'm Jamie. Jeff. Sean. And Chris. And welcome to episode 14. I hope everybody had a happy holidays and a happy new year. And welcome to 2010, which is Woo! the year of the necromancer. 2010, baby. Yeah, the year of the necromancer. That's, yeah, that's a, little, that's a little weird. So is that anything like the um, Chinese New Year? So is this like the year of the snake and the year of the necromancer? Year of the mancer, the necromancer. I don't know. I don't make the rules. Yeah. So what are we talking about today? Today we are talking about team twins, Sophie and Josh. There are twins in this book series? Really? Yeah. Huh. There's many, Man. apparently. <laughs> what page? What page? Every page. <laughs> Double mint twins, remember? <laughs> Double your pleasure, double your fun. And on that note, I believe Sean has some news. I do. We got a couple of news items today. And uh, first off, the big news of the uh, last month is that the forum hit 1,000 members that before awesome. the end of 2009. That's awesome. So That's within, like, within 14 months. 14 months? Yeah. And we're already almost to 1,100. Yeah. Excellent. Um, give me a second here. Let me. Uh, this podcast, like all the time you need. Yeah, all right. Yeah, I got plenty of time, right? We've got seven hours. Um, we have 1,052 registered members right now. So. That's pretty cool. Man. And our main our main page poll is if you're a member of the forum. Yes. A little, little survey, a little survey, poll survey slash thing. So if you haven't voted on the main poll, please jump and do that. Definitely do. And the other little news since um, our last official podcast – was uh, Palamedes and Shakespeare. I learned a little Shakespeare news factoid that I thought was just kind of interesting. It's really got nothing to do with him as a person or anything, but in his lifetime, his name, Shakespeare, was spelled 83 different ways. Really? In writing. 83, 83 different ways. How do you, you sure that was just do that? Wait, wait, you sure that wasn't just a lot of people who don't know how to spell? It very well could have been, but his name was spelled eighty-three different ways. <laughs> they, like, they tell a, they tell the most illiterate person in the in the group to make the sign for the play. Because I know personally, <laughs> and he'll say, "Signed by William Shakzabaja." <laughs> but yeah, I just thought that was kind of like really all right then. Wow, it's amazing what encyclopedias and the internet have done for the world. <laughs> we are now down to one official spelling of Shakespeare. Although the E is left off a lot, I've I've seen. Yeah. E is left off a lot. Sometimes the last A before the R is left off, so it's just P-E-R-E at the Mm -hmm. end. I've seen that. Shakespeare. I've seen it without (laughs) the second S in the middle of the the word, so it's just Shakespeare. I don't know. I don't know how people pull that one off. I've seen two S's in the middle, so it's Shakespeare. Ah. Hyphen? Shakespeare? No. (laughs) <laughs> we'll see if we can list all 83 different things. Although that is one of the theories behind him not being an actual person, is that one of the lords of the time was such and such shakes a spear. Sounds <laughs> serious. Shakes a spear? <laughs> sounds like a Native American name. I was going to sound like steak and shake. Shakes a spear. Shake and bake. Shake and bake. <laughs> so, alright, that, that's, that's the news. We don't have uh, too much news. This month, but hey, thousand numbers. And where's the emails at? <laughs> I think everybody went list. away for the new year. I don't know. There's no emails listed on the uh, on the. Uh, and our last podcast line. was. A, they don't love us with anymore. Michael Scott. No one sent us an email. See if we have him back on again. Right. See how you like that. Yeah, huh? giving, I'm giving you all a New Year's resolution. <clears throat> Send emails to the podcast. Well, you're right, Jamie. I mean, a lot of it was the holidays and, you know, people just not being around to do so. So you're forgiven this time. The other, another quick news story is um, I hope you all got a chance to read The Death of Joan if you're a former member. Yeah, which was awesome. 
by the way. Was. That was very well done. Very but fantastic. at this point, it has been um, removed, as it were. Yeah, by when this is out, yeah, because it's only out for uh, for 12 days. So mm-hmm. if you didn't read it by, what is it, midnight on the 5th, which would be the morning of the 6th, mm-hmm. you you missed your chance. So uh, I don't know if it's going to be yeah, – when it's going to be coming back around or, or what the plan is for that. But, yeah, that was a little limited release uh, deal, so – if you didn't get to it, sorry. So you guys can do emails better, better, yeah, uh, better this month. If you don't start sending us emails, you, you know, if you don't send us emails that you like us, we'll just stop doing this. Yeah, sure. But then, if you don't send us any emails because you don't like us, out of spite, we'll just keep doing this. I'm the way. I don't see any answering machine calls on the on the outline either, Jamie. I know we are just. Wow. Oh, for two there. And we give we gave you guys a special super duper blooper pot potty. I couldn't even say that all at one time. Special super duper blooper potty. <laughs> that's right. Wow, that's like impressive. A bathroom. We should have. <laughs> why didn't we name it that? Why didn't we name it that? Because it wouldn't fit in the form. Special super duper yeah. duper potty. Yeah, I can't even say it. I can't even say it five times fast. All right, call into the answer machine and say that five times fast. Super. Duper special blooper part, but yeah. And you know what? I'm calling out Silver Touch because you Silver Touch out there on the forums, yeah. Said when you got a microphone, we'd be getting some answering machine calls. He did, yeah. And you got a couple of them for Christmas, so no excuses. (laughs) I hope some of you other people out there got some microphones for Christmas too, so you can call us in. All right. right, We got going on now. Down to business, I suppose. Everybody wants us to get to the twins. Come on. What twins? The ex colorant burr. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I refuse to say that, by the way. Uh, you have to now because you said you won't. No. So <laughs> our poll question was, which twin will destroy the world? And ex clarent burr won. Did it really? Yeah. How'd that happen? I hadn't even They checked. actually went in order. Sophie got 16%, Josh had 19%, Neither had 30%, and Exclarent Burr had 35%. Wow. Now, I put Exclarent Burr on there because I needed a fourth option. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> just loved the awesomeness of the Exclarent Burr. I mean, and actually, that almost made it as an option for the current poll about the uh, if you're a forum member or not on the main page. It was going to be yes, no, Exclarent Burr. <laughs> But <laughs> we decided to make it a little more official. Yeah. So apparently the uh, people have spoken, and uh, seen, oh, everyone seems to think the uh, the swords are the bad guys, as it were. Hmm. Well, technically, will we get to know either one? I mean, will just because one twin, quote unquote, saves the world, doesn't mean that that twin's opposite was going to be the one to destroy the world. That's true. Maybe it's cross twins. One set of twins. I mean, I've seen that pose where. Yeah. One set of twins, a set of twins that will save it, and a set of twins that will destroy it. It's, uh, with as many twins as in the, uh, in the story. Mm-hmm. It's but possible. there's a whole, whole. There's two other two other swords out there too. So. Was what are the other ones? Joyus. No, I think Joyus is Excalibur. That's what I thought. No, I don't think so. That's. Uh, he, he's Michael has said he's listed the names of all four swords. Yeah, but there was like eight swords listed yeah, in that. Yeah, a whole bunch of swords listed in that paragraph. For some reason, I thought Julius was one. It it was, but at the same time, uh, there it was listed when it was when that was said. It was said, you know, that one of the swords has been known by many names. Right. Yeah, and, and then so it listed a whole bunch of names. It listed a bunch of names, and I know when I read that, I thought, okay, does that mean that I've got the other two in this list somewhere? And I've I, got. I don't think it's in that list. I think it's other. I think place. it's there's hiding another, elsewhere. There's another place where they've been listed, and I, I was I was almost positive that Joe Hughes was one of them. I've All got. Right. It's in that little paragraph. It's the swords have had many names through the ages: Excalibur and Joyous, Mistletine and Kratana, Durandal and Turfing. Right, but that doesn't mean the last what, time what, one was used as a weapon. Be, uh, that's the magician. For Charlemagne, the Holy Roman Emperor, carried Joyous into battle. Yeah, there you go. Then he says, "This is Joyous." Joss whispered, "His sister might be good at geography, but he knew history, and Charlemagne had always fascinated him." Skaddock's laugh was a bitter snarl. 
joy use is a thing of beauty. This is an abomination. There you go. See, told you. This is not joyous, though it is true that it once belonged to Charlemagne. I also believe the emperor himself hid this blade in Andorra sometime in the ninth century. But well, let me. So they, this does actually the way this this is written and read here <laughs> does actually sound like Joyus is not Excalibur. That's exactly, exactly. That's that's the way I hmm. took it. And there's another place where it's where it's mentioned alone as well, kind of kind of set out by, by itself. And that's why I believe that Joyus is is the name of one of the other swords. Now we have six swords listed here. And we and and Claren is not no. It just says Excalibur is. It says Excalibur and Joyous, Mistletine, Tyne. See, I got the impression that those pairs were the same sword, like Joyous and Excalibur. Yeah, was the same. but no. that was the idea I had gotten. So, and I think I thought Cortana was Claren. Claren. That's what I thought too. Yeah, I don't think those pairing listings mean they're together. But you know, we've not got. Swords had many names for the ages, and it's just yes. – the way it is written in that paragraph, it does sound like Excalibur and Joyous were the same sword with two different names. Mistletine and Katana were the same sword with two different names. Right. It, the way that sentence is written, it reads that way to me. Right. Um, um, but it almost seems like when Josh asked if it was Joyous, because they've already seen Excalibur. Right. So it almost seems like when Josh said this is Joyous, it would have been, no, that's Excalibur. Like they would have pinpointed that, it seems right. like. Because Scatty was there. She knew um, D had Excalibur. So, yeah. you know, she w- would have said, no, you know, Joy Use is a thing of beauty. Um, you know, you saw Dr. D wielding it or something like that. I, I, oh, I, I, I get the feeling it's, it's a different sword. I was, maybe they were paired as opposites. Like good sword, bad sword? Like that, well, that later she says that it's. it's this well, no, it wouldn't be. Clarence, the sword of fire. and They've they've all said that Clarence is such a terrible thing, so maybe Clarence and Joyeuse are the same thing. Well, but she says Joyeuse is. A she thing. says Joyeuse is the thing of beauty. Maybe Excalibur and Joy like there are two swords that oh, are I'm quote, unquote, Sorry. good. There are two swords that are quote unquote good, and two swords that are bad. Right. Maybe Joyeuse is the other good sword. Yeah, I read that. And, wrong. Yeah, yeah, I, I I would agree with that. So I think the other sword is Mistletine. Because I believe Cortana is Clarence. I don't know why I saw that somewhere. I think mm-hmm. I saw it that, somewhere that, too. That, that's in my head, and I'm not, I'm not sure specifically why. Right. But the only other reason I, I was thinking that with this way it's listed here is we're given three pairings of swords, and then we're shown Clarence. So I was also under the impression that these were the other three swords. Right. Joyce was one, Mistletane Cortana was one, and Durand Turf. Yeah, and if you if you took it just for that paragraph, you would probably draw that conclusion. But I think with the rest of the text in there, you can kind of separate Joyce out. Hmm. So maybe Mistletane and Cortana are both Clarence. I I don't right. Or it could even be Excalibur, Mistletane, and Durandal are the same sword. Joyce, Cortana, and Turfring are the same sword. Yeah, be that as well. Interesting. Well, enough about those twins. We have yes. another set of twins to talk about. <laughs> if you were the twins, would you trust Flamel? Why or why not? All right. Our first response is from Harold, and they're from the U.S. And they said, yes, I mean, he's immortal. Wouldn't you trust an immortal? <laughs> from the ones mm. we've seen, no. <laughs> <laughs> not necessarily. No, most of the ones we've seen are not so much on the good side. They have to be Trixie, though, to live that long, I think. Trixie? Trixie. Yeah, so I think, I'd be, I think I'd be actually less likely to trust an immortal. Pretty much, yeah, because they've got to be... Unless his last name was McLeod, I, I would just not. Uh, our, uh, our next response is from Donnie Austin, and he's from uh, Boham, Texas. And uh, his response is, probably not, just for the fact that if he had to be secretive about his past like he was, then why should I trust him on anything? I support D all the way. Uh-oh. Okay, well, I mean... Got a dark elder over here. Yeah. He, he, he likes living on the dark side. So yeah. Let's see if uh, Katie V has anything to add to this. Her location is PVNY, which I'm guessing is somewhere in New York, but I'm not real sure what PV is. Putnam Valley. She's even in before. Putnam Valley. Yep. Uh, Hi, Katie from Putnam Valley, New York. 
And her response is, I would have trusted him a little. Maybe not fully, especially after learning about the other twins. But I think it also depends on which twin you are looking at. Also, I don't know if I would trust him because Scatty said, and I trust her, trust nobody but each other. And I think that was meant as maybe foreshadowing. So... So don't trust anybody, but trust Scatty. But each other, but trust Scatty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure she include she meant herself in that the way she said it. It's kind of like you know everything I tell you is a lie, except yeah. for that. Everybody <laughs> wants to trust Scatty, but I don't know. Yeah, uh... she hasn't given us any reason not to trust her. She's protected the twins from the get. This is true. not yet. And Flamel's lying, as it were, or withholding the truth over lying. I think it's a bit of a he, – he has his reasons to do it. Right. So I wouldn't necessarily believe anything he says, but I trust him. Well, I mean look at it from, from his point of view. I mean he's trying to find the twins of legend who he believes are the twins of legend. He's failed – obviously he's failed in the past. If he just came up to them and said, hey, you guys are the twins of legend. I thought there was 100, 100 twins before you. I thought they were too. They're all dead. Let's see if you are. I mean they're not going to go with him obviously. So – all right, next one is from Emily, who we know, Warrior Scat Talk 17. She's from Denmark. Emily. Uh, She's yeah. a frequent responder. Yes, she is. She says, I don't know what I would think. It would depend a lot on what he was saying and what he was talking about, but I do think I would trust him to keep me in my twin safe. But again, that depends on what safe means. Anyway, I would be skeptical about him most of the time. And I think that... Well, that's what that whole debate we were just having about. Right, yeah. It's, it's one of those, the needs of the many outweighs the needs of the few kind of thing. That's why, you know, the other twins in the past of, you know, he's gone through the process. He's gone through with them with risking everything, possibly their lives, you know, unbeknownst to them. Because he has to find, he knows he has to find the twins. Maybe Flamel's the lesser of two evils at this point. Pretty, yeah, he, yeah, he's lied, but he's not going to put the twins in harm's way yet, per se. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would probably guess, as much as he talks about Paranel, he would probably choose saving her over anyone else in the story. Because he opinion. loves her. Yeah, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Would he sacrifice Paranel to save the world? But that's a different thing. Uh, yeah, that's a – I don't know. <laughs> she would want him to, but I don't know that he would. That's a whole nother podcast. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Our next response is from Carly from Arizona, and she said, yes, because he really understands what is going on. That is true. He does know a lot. He does know what's going on most of the time. Our uh, next response is from Fuzzbin. He's from New York, and he says, uh, it's a tough call here, but I'm going to have to say yes. I agree with the fact that Nick is not telling them everything, and the whole collecting other twins for centuries thing is suspicious to say the least. Flamel does seem to have a better idea of what's going on, as, w as well as the fact that the twins probably need him if they'd like to stay alive. So Flamel gets a suspicious and tentative trust. Well worded. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Pretty much what we've been saying. So they mm -hmm. have, they 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 need him. He needs them. They need him. Kind of thing. And our next one is from Shaw from Ontario, representing Canada, up there hanging out with uh, Roxy. And uh, I'm going to try to get the inflection on this response right based on the way it's written. <laughs> oh, Shaw says yes because he's cool. <laughs> <laughs> it is in caps. I notice everything else, name and location, is both lowercase. <laughs> <laughs> You really want to get that point across that Flamel is cool. Well, and how can you really argue with that one? I mean, I mean yeah. <laughs> Peppermint's cool. I mean, peppermint's uh, next one. And gum. <laughs> Cools your mouth. It's refreshing. Stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> next, next one is Marina. <laughs> She's in the UK, and her response is. No, I don't believe what he says about the Dark Elders because everyone else seems to believe they're good. I would trust some of his allies, though. Trust his allies, but not him. Well, you look at someone like, like Shakespeare. He is going to help Flamel, but he thinks it'd be a good idea for the Elders to return. Right. Well, he, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. That's what I gathered from that. 
I think he would well, like. I think he would like the elders to return the world to the kind of you know beautiful place. But I don't know that he so much would like it to be the dark elders being in control of that. Well, and I still have faith <clears throat> to be one of the good guys when all said and done. So when, when what what is Scatty? Scatty. And yeah, I mean, her and Joan are definitely allies. So I I think I'd probably trust them. I trust Scatty, but I don't think she's going to survive the series. Well, you know what's kind of funny about that? I didn't think so either, but now we've got a twin sister to possibly take the fall for, since we're talking twins. Take the fall or take her place. <laughs> well, there's, there's, there's that. <laughs> I didn't say who killed her. <laughs> but she just oh, – as far as the um, you know, going off of the whole literary expectations of cliches and whatnot. Sure. That you see throughout, Daddy's a warrior character. Mm-hmm. Odds of her living, pretty slim. Well, yeah, she's my odds-on. She's my odds-on favorite to not survive. The thing, the thing that's obviously alluding to that, and I think Michael wants us to think that, you know, with the whole witch of Endor telling her she'll not see her again, and then the reoccurrence, constant reoccurrence of her saying, you know. I I can be killed. I'm immortal, but I'm not invulnerable. And I've been told I'll be I'll, I'll die in an exotic location. So there's a ton. Of, <clears throat> it, it's 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 almost too much to me. Too much foreshadowing. Yeah, to me, it, I, it's almost too much. So I hope so. I hope she survives. All right. Our next response is from Caitlin from the USA, and she says, "I would trust D." That's not what I asked you, Kate. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm guessing that means she would not trust Noel. Why would she trust D? He's cute. I mean, she likes his goatee. He's given no indications that he's trustworthy at all. (laughs) Uh, Some girls like a bad boy. I guess that's true. (laughs) So our next response is from Allie from uh, California, USA. Uh, Her response is no. Just met him. Why would you trust a suspicious man that won't tell you the whole part of the story? This is true. It's a good point. There's a big difference between being lied to and withholding truth. Yeah. D is straight up lying to Josh. Flamel is just not telling him things. Well, and other people, I think it was even Scaddy said he's not going to tell you the whole truth. Except for D, I mean, we've we've learned that D honestly believes what he's. Doing is right, and but so he's I also that... said Flamel caused the fire in London when it was he... D who caused the fire in London. Well, technically, technically, oh, Flamel that... didn't disagree with him on that. He said that fire happened because I was there, so he mm-hmm. takes blame for that. So he basically says everything that D told Josh was was true, but it was the inflection in how it was said. Like he says, you know, he says he's a thief. Well, yeah, he's a thief. He admitted. It. He said. I stole the book because I gave it to them, and obviously I needed it back. So, yeah, you could say Sean's a thief. You know, I'm, I'm not sure either one of them really thinks they're lying so much as spinning the truth to suit well, you know, them, which I think is a little bit different because they're both out for – maybe they both have their, their own set of goals, and they both want the twins, and so – It's like the old adage – the devil's an honest man. Yeah. Yep. It's true. So. And it's all a matter of perspective, <clears throat> how each one of them sees it and what each one of them believes to be the truth. So. And our last response, we got a lot of responses on the Q&A yeah. this month. Well, no. we didn't get any all emails. Responses a, emails <laughs> great, no. great turn on the QOM this month. Yeah. But it is from Jacobs Bella from West Virginia. Jeff, hey, do you know her? Hey. Do you know her? WVB. Uh, no, you know her. I do not know her. Gosh. One more time. <laughs> Jesus. Woo. <laughs> anyway, says, people always say trust is earned. I more so think that trust is something you have with someone until they break it. Now, given that Flamel has obviously omitted some seriously important information, like the other sets of twins, I think that they would have reason to doubt him. But when the world as you know it is crumbling around you, what are you going to do? Stand on your own in a world you know nothing about? I don't believe Flamel is a bad guy. I think he's just trying to protect the twins the best way he thinks is possible. Whether it is the best way or not is up for interpretation. Yeah. 
Very well put. Good good response. Absolutely. Response on that one. Yeah. Didn't know there was another smart person in West Virginia besides me. <laughs> well, it's West Virginia, so it's kind of relative. Now we're going to tell you all what we think, and you have to listen. <laughs> <laughs> well, they don't have to, but yes, we appreciate that they do. <laughs> we are hypnotic. You're getting very sleepy. Start talking about Sophie? Yeah, let's start talking about the twins. It's our Sophie. The, the, the overall, uh, I guess the biggest <clears throat> aspect with Sophie going on right now would be the witch's memories taking over her. Yeah, I mean, obviously, let's see what, but by the end of the sorceress, they've learned, she's learned uh, three magics. And she's been in, uh, what was the word? Not, not, uh, not endowed, but in um, the witch's memories given to her. She was uh, infused or something like that. It was some word like that, that she's uh, with the witch's memories. And occasionally she blanks over to them. Uncontrollably. Yeah, yeah. Even Something though, will uh, trigger her memory and she'll try to fight it. And sure. She seems and to have, towards the end of the sorcerer, she seemed like she could fight it, but there were a couple of times where she let it happen. Right. Needed to. She, yeah. she, she, asked, she adjusts after Joan, right? I mean, after Joan sort of shows her how to handle it. Yeah, but there's still a couple more times after that. I mean, they're not the, – what Joan did was silence all the memories and noises in her head so they're not constantly screaming in her head. But she can still go into that state of the witch's – being in the witch's mind or being the witch or whatever, seeing the witch's memories. So we haven't necessarily seen control, but it seems like now she's able to – let it happen. Right. Go into she it. Feels it she, she feels it coming, and she lets it happen rather than it just being a flash. Right. And it's, it's one of those organization kind of things too. Like if something is said, a specific word or name or you know something is said that the witch knows about, there's a trigger in there that, that she knows the witch knows about. It's like the witch saying, oh, hey, 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 here I am. Yeah, 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 I know about that. That's in here. The, like with the, ours. The, well, like with the hook-handed man. And uh, Flamel looks immediately to her and says, don't say the name that you're thinking in your head. And obviously she was already thinking it. So, Just one more thing Sophie knows that Josh doesn't. Yep, There's, and that we, the readers, don't know either. Yeah. It's There's, Captain Hook. It's Captain Hook. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's Indiana Jones. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Which is funny that, you know, in the book... There's the uh, the Indiana Jones reference from Josh with the, with yes. the hating snakes. Um, why did snakes? Have, why did it have to be snakes? <laughs> and then you know the whole the whole whip on the cover. So <laughs> and the crystal skull and I don't think that was intentional. Exactly. <laughs> no, I don't think so either. But you know, it, it's funny. So uh, witch's memories. Um, yeah, she's she's learned some magic. Now, if the witch's memories fully take over Sophie, does Sophie become the witch of Endor? That's what Flamel says. You know, it's all we are. Right, you know, it's all we are are, are our memories. But Gilgamesh says that, right? Yep. Somebody says it. <laughs> um, I believe but um, yeah, Flamel. Flamel says uh, says he thinks that, and uh, he says he wishes that Perinel was there because you know she would know what to do. So now that they're kind of you know, at the end they get kind of reunited there. So I'm guessing, I'm guessing we're going to hear more about that. Well, obviously we are, but <laughs> I'm guessing we're definitely going to hear more about, uh, more specifically, what Paranel thinks is going on with Sophie. Yeah, maybe mm -hmm. Paranel can help her. Now that they've all finally, I mean, this is the first time Paranel's actually been with the twins. Was the end of the sorceress? Well, obviously the before the events of the bookstore. Of the bookstore, she knew she was with them, but you know, but within she, the, as far as the story of the series, well, they concerned. were they were together. Yeah, they were together in the bookstore. You know, all all four of them were there, and then mm -hmm. you know, D took her obviously, and then you know, she hasn't seen any any of them. She hasn't seen uh, Nicholas or the twins or any of them since. But she's talked. Of course, it's only been two or three days. She's so. seen them, like talked to them, but she's never been been with them because they did mm -hmm. the scrying thing. And certainly not enough to have a conversation. And all of this is assuming the twins don't run off with Aoife 
before the flamels get back. Well, see, that, I mean, obviously there was something had to have taken place between them getting to Tamapoli and getting to Aunt Agony's house. True. I mean, what happened between the end of the Sorceress and Chapter 1 of the Necromancer? We may never know. Or that's Chapter 2 of the Necromancer. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> right. But yeah, so it'll that's... be interesting to see yeah. if Perry can help Sophie sort through her memories even further than Joan already has. Right. Or if she even knows what's going on. You know, mm-hmm. I, I said this in um podcast a few few months ago that I was really surprised that the witch was so willing to help the twins then because Flamel and Scatty both seemed like it was a bad idea to go visit the witch. Yeah. But yeah. when they got there, you know, she was all about it and then obviously now we're finding out Kinda of, kinda of finding out why she may have uh she may have been so willing to uh to jump in there and, and help Sophie. It's almost like a second chance second life. Yeah. Nicholas in the sorceress says that um it's sort of like when when Sophie and Josh are, are having that conversation with him about the memories and what happens to Sophie if all of the me- witch's memories crowd out Sophie's. I think there there's a paragraph where I think it sort of is Nick, Nicholas realizing for the first time that, uh-oh, something might not be right. Because he, he says, I have to think about this. I've never heard of anything like this happening before. Right. Like he, he, I don't think he realized it before until they were, they started to question him about what would happen. Um, right. And when Sophie says, well, what do we do? He admits that he has no idea. So. Remember when the witch says that she saw hundreds of strands of of the events of the days you know of the day or two leading up to them arriving at the bookshop and in every single one of those they all died mm-hmm. or at least the twins died the twins never survived like in one Sophie was killed during the awakening and then well there there was leaving. a there was only one thread of time where they thought survived does that mean that the witch can follow that one single thread on into the you know, on to, to actually see what's going on in the future. Yeah, now yeah. there's only or yeah, because only one came through. Only one happened. But I see. does that thread does it start to split, split at every yeah. does the new thread form it? You know, every time a person makes I, a decision, does the thread split? I have no idea. <laughs> I think I think the witch definitely has ulterior motives for Sophie. Otherwise, I don't think she would have given her an entire life's worth of memories. You know, there's there's got to be something in. A large sum of her memories that's gonna either help Sophie or help the witch or both. And well, you know, speaking I don't of think, trust, she's not one I trust. Don't think that she would put those memories in Sophie if she thought she was going to die. You know what I mean? Well, it does say that in most of the threads, Dean is golems or the rats and birds killed them. So in most of the threads, that would have been before they even got to her. Right. Exactly. Right? That's, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, there was them. only one thread of time that got them to. To her shop. To her in the first place. Exactly. That, that's what I was saying yeah. before with saying, you know, there's only the one thread. So can she then follow that one thread on, or does it start splitting off too? It probably starts splitting off, I would assume, with different yeah. decisions after they get there. But I don't think the witch thinks that Sophie is going to die. Although she does, she does say when she's talking about the threads, very matter-of-factly, today I discovered which came to pass. And so she's talking about the thread – and I mean that seems to me to say nope. Now I know which one it is that's gonna that to follow. Right. So that's maybe possible. it doesn't. Yeah. Maybe she knows exactly what's going to happen now, and that's why maybe she. Maybe this is one of the. This maybe the only time ever where there was one thread that passed through that moment that actually happened. Yeah. Right. Maybe it's one of those things where everything converges to this one important point in time. So and she had a month to, to, to think about what to do. I mean, because she, she says she had a month to think about it, so clearly she'd seen the threads, and it gave yeah. her time to figure out what was, you know... But, was, you know, how many hundreds did she see? So, you know, she doesn't know... Only one, only thing she knew was D was coming for the book and was going to get it. Then everything after that was, you know, hundreds of different threads coming through, so... And she didn't know which one was going to happen no. until the bookstore. Until they got there, exactly. Well, and then at that point, she, maybe she knew that in order for that thread to continue, she had to give Sophie all her memories. That's possible. She already saw it happen. Yeah. She already, she already saw herself giving it. Now, and, if, and if that thread does split, like, maybe there's a whole bunch across 
the entire stretch of time. Maybe well, there's an this? infinite number of those nodes where this event is going to take place no matter what. So there's those nodes of the one strand of time. So it kind of comes to, and then it splits off again. Sure. But how much time is that node, if you want to call it that? Like when she was following the strands of time and then the twins show up. So she says, okay, the one strand of time, here they are showing up at my antique shop. Where does that split again? Does it split at the moment she sends them into the mirror? You know, maybe there's a time where all of the necromance dead bodies kill the twins. Right. Or that's true. She shop up and kills the twins because they didn't get through the mirror in time. Well, what so, if what if all of the strands passed them arriving at her shop? From that moment on, there's no strand that the witch isn't killed, and she knows well, it. Well, you know what? She and does she, so actually. She gives herself over. I know, and she says to Scotty, "I'll not see you again." She, she also says though that there are not as many possible futures as people think. And that now, from this point on, there are only a few possible futures. Okay. Mm-hmm. So she, what if, what Maybe if she in dies in possible ones? She dies in all of them. So she thought, okay, well, the only way for myself to live on is to give all my um, library of, of thoughts and memories to Sophie, so that they can possibly take her over, and I can, I can, you know, live on through through her. I think I think it was partly that, but I think there's also information that the witch has that she just because she always talks about how there was no time, like why she couldn't help Josh and you know, so there wasn't a lot of time there. But I, so I think that was the easiest and fastest way for her to basically train Sophie and give her everything that she needed, ammo wise for the future. She also, you know, she also says if you read the the paragraph where she talks about how many threads there are. She explains that the threads have been coming together, weaving even closer. And then she says all of them, though, are linked to Sophie and Josh. And so maybe there's some sort of idea that they're all all the different threads and possibilities are converging because she's, you know, as she says, that most of the possible futures are terrifying. And, you know, we know that we've got this fifth element that relates to time, you know, and so maybe it's, maybe it's, it's, they're coming together and she, that's why she needed to, to let Sophie know something. And this was the only way to do it. They could be coming together because in all of them, the witch dies. And I'm guessing, assuming that she can't see past her, her own death. Her own death. When possible. she dies, the timeline stops. Vision, no. Thing. I have a question. She sent Josh away prior to having this discussion about threads of time, right? Or was he there for that? I think I'm in that chapter, and it's actually in The Alchemist, and I think he's there for it. Okay. Because she sends him away before she trains him, before the witch trains Sophie, and I thought that's interesting that she didn't want him there for some reason. But Josh is the one that says... We didn't survive. We only survived in one, and she says only oh. one. So yeah. she was talking yeah. about the threads of time during then. The conversation is at the end of chapter thirty-five. Chapter thirty-six starts with Josh stepped out of the shop. Okay. I think they out so he wouldn't stop Sophie. But I think there's more yeah, to it. I I don't think the witch. There's something where she wanted Sophie to have this information, but she. It's almost like she didn't want Josh to have it well, she, or to know about it. You know. Or know about what was going on. Well, maybe she sees who awakens Josh. Yeah, because she does and, does just say that she can't do Josh. Like she doesn't say why. She just says I can't do that. Because I assume because he's not awakened. But if it, it doesn't say that specifically, then maybe yeah. it's because of Mars. She says that she can't. Yeah, she says she can't awaken him. Right, but she doesn't explain why. She just says, well, I, you know, yeah, I can awaken Sophie, but I, I, I can't awaken Josh. No, no. She's Maybe not it's there. because he she's needs not, to get that gift from Mars. Well, if she's not there to awaken Sophie. She's there to gift her magic. Yeah, she's mm-hmm. she's, she's training Sophie. In, in she's just training Sophie. Josh yeah. is the one that needs awakening, and she says she can't do that. Yeah. So but Maybe that's because maybe she can – maybe she has the ability to awaken, but she's she, already seen Mars do it. And we know Mars gives Josh a gift. A gift. She obviously comes in handy. 
you know, and so maybe she sees that that he and we also know that there's something going there was at some point something between the witch and Mars. So who knows? Maybe there's sort of some need to balance out what she gave Sophie with having Josh be awakened by Mars and him getting that gift. Right. To, to, to sort of balance it all out. Right. So let's kind of let's kind of move on to Sophie's the magic that she's learned so far into uh, into the end of the sorceress. So, uh, so we know Sophie now has two magics. Three. Three magics. Fire, so, water, and air. Yes. And we've seen her have the ability to wield more than one at a time, which yeah, which was shock Joan. Well, quite a bit. It, it did. And um, and another thing about that is that is what I can't remember who says it, but that is what destroyed Daniel Tallis. Is the original twins using multiple magics together? If someone can find that quote, I can't remember who says it or where it is, but that, they say that is what the downfall of Danatolis was: the original twins using uh, multiple magics together, combining magics. Hmm. Well, I'm guessing it wasn't Joan because she seemed awful shocked that Sophie was that powerful for not yeah. having really knowing what she was doing. No, it was either I'm get it was either. It might have been Mars. I don't know. Someone said it. Someone said it. Listeners, if you can find it. I'll find it. Email us, Chris, if you can find it. Look for it. <laughs> but I, I think it's very interesting that she's got all this ability from just a short amount of time, and she just seems to have this natural flair for using all these magics and being able to put them together, and she really has no idea what she's doing. And you kind of see that with Josh, too, when he takes to using Clarent, you know, he he has no idea what he's doing, but, you know, even D makes a comment, like, he's able to use the sword without even any training or really... Yeah, it's more the sword controlling him. I think it's that combined with Mars' gifting him the sure, knowledge. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he's got he's got the knowledge... The instinctive... Of, of, the, of battle, so yeah, he... Would... And he was trained a little bit with Joan and... Yeah. Scatty. At that point, he couldn't even raise the sword, though. <laughs> Yeah, but there's I mean, some it, magic. It even touches on it but during the fight with the um, Kugelati there. The genii the Kugelati? He even says, you know, he, he knew he needed to attack at a specific point. Right. Yeah, you could tell by the uh, tightening muscles or way they were standing that right before the guy was going to attack. And he also knew immediately that he wasn't going to be able to defeat them. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm even because just talking about – knew he wasn't fast enough. His ability to even hold the sword, because D makes a comment that it kind of, there's got to be a special thing that you need to do and you need training to even just hold that particular sword because of the magic behind it. Because of what it does to you. Well, you know, I mean, he is, he is the gold slash sun fire, if you will, twin, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Clarant being the sword of fire, he's the gold, pure gold aura twin. He's probably strong enough that that he can. So, um, well, and I think some of it. I think I think you're right too. It has some stuff to do with that. You know, Mars used to wield the sword too, and he gave him all his battle knowledge. So maybe it's coming in here. I think between that and Clarence controlling Josh more than Josh controlling Clarence. Right. Plus, Clarence was fighting Excalibur. After right, and after after Mars. I mean. Josh is using Clarant before Mars awakens him. So, you know, he, he chases he down Nidhogg. Nidhog. Yeah, he chases down Nidhogg, and he's training with Joan and them with Clarant um, and holding it just fine well before That's true. Uh, Mars awakens him. So, But after that, you know, you were right, you know, Sean, you said with um, Mars's you know, military knowledge uh, uh, and things like that, and... Mars awakening Josh, you know, Clarant probably just absolutely feels right at home in his hand. Mm-hmm. So it will do his bidding and work with him, you know, without too much of the whole. Because uh, you know, as soon as Palamedes touches it, you know, he freaks out. Mm-hmm. Um, There's no conflict none, of interest with Josh holding it. Jermaine didn't want didn't want anything to do with it. Scatty didn't want anything to do with it. Joan didn't want they they scooted away from the table when Flamel unwrapped it. Mm-hmm. So, well, in, in one of the books, in, there's I don't remember which, but Flamel actually picks it up and is jabbing at people and, and sort of attempting to use it even a little. 
He doesn't have a problem with it. I don't, I don't recall Flamel using it. I don't, it I don't recall Flamel having it either. He unwrapped it and handed and gave it to Josh. In in one of the fight scenes, and I read it earlier tonight while I was looking up some things, and I I was looking for something about the swords. It, it would have had I'll, been in Sorceress because he didn't do it in. Um... I'll find that shortly. I found the other quote. Okay. Yeah. So it's chapter thirty-four, the magician Saint Germain is talking about. Sophia, um, because he says the evidence of Sophie's power sat in the center of the hallway. There was a legend that the most powerful elders were able to use all the elemental magic simultaneously. According to the most ancient myth, this was one one of the reasons that Danutalis sank. Yeah. So this is chapter thirty four, the magician. Right. I knew I knew it was in there somewhere. So, but back to the Clarant, you know, they were. No one was. To touch this sword because everyone knows, you know, what vile thing it is and all that. But and just the point about it is, it's not a magic sword; it's Archon technology. That's true. Well, is it? Yes, it yeah. was forged by the Archons at Carnunos. Carnunos made it. Stonehenge. Right. Okay. It's Carnunos' sword. It's right. Archon technology. It's not. That's right. Magic. That's right. You know. That's one of those vague areas with the magic, not magic technology, not technology mm-hmm. thing, you know. Yes. So. Now, I'm interested to see, now that Josh has lost Clarent, what will happen, because that was kind of his thing, and Sophie kind of had, you know, the fact that she was dealing with the witch's memories and the other magical abilities. Now Josh doesn't have that crutch, the kind of, that difference mm-hmm. with Sophie. He's just got his one kind of magic, if that's going to spark some more jealousy towards Sophie and her abilities. Or... Well, the, the thing about it, first of all, is you got to look at what he chose. You know, you're right, Clarant was like was like his thing, his his power was Clarant, and he, he left it. So you know, he made that choice to choose to not Choose to, to 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 separate himself from from the sword. Not that he would have wanted to, but he made the choice to. Mm-hmm. And you know, he may have been feeling a little bit more powerful because he's been awakened now, and because he's now got water magic. Not that you know we've seen him use it or anything yet, but you know that may be kind of his thing. You know, he's well on his way to learning the other magics. Sophie's too ahead of him, but now she's got to go through and wait. For him to learn the two that she's already learned, so I mean, she's going I to be taking the back seat now. I mean, I've noticed. I mean, the learning the magic doesn't seem to take all that long. It's a short little conversation, <laughs> and you know how to use it. So I mean, I can easily see Jermaine, you know, hooking up with the th- with the group again and being like, "Oh, here you go, Josh." How's he going to find out about about Joan? And That's Scotty? a different podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so let's just another ball of wax. Um, and I did that. find I did find at least one instance where Nicholas is doing something other than simply handing it off, handing uh, the sword off to Josh. In the Sorceress, let's see, this is page 96, the end of, I think it's chapter 10, he wrenches it from the map tube, holding it in a tight two-hand grip, swings it around his head, his head the edge of the blade, keening and humming through the air, shouting to the twins to run. And then the next chapter starts off where, again, it explains that he is struggling to swing it around. He drops it, but, again, he's he doesn't seem to hesitate to attempt to swing it or do something with it based based on, on that. I know there was another yeah. instance of it that I saw, but that's that's the first one I found. Hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, obviously he's he's done something with it before. He had it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he's the one who hid it. So, what he used it for previously, you know, who knows? But even he seems surprised at what it did to the Nidhog. How it basically turned the Nidhog to a stone. Right. Well, actually, uh, and you know, Machiavelli's surprised by it too, because Machiavelli quotes uh, or says at the end of the magi- or towards the, I guess towards the end of the magician, he sa- he says he's surprised that that did it because. It's the sword of fire, not the sword of stone, which which I thought was an interesting reference because I think that's the only reference I've found in all three books to the sword of stone. Well, and this thought just occurred to me. Do you think there's a reason why Flamel specifically gave Clarant to Josh? 
other than the fact that he was feeling kind of down and upset that he didn't have any powers yet and he needed to protect himself. Do you think Flamel had some sort of ulterior motive for giving him? You know, I think it kind of goes hand in hand with, with his aura, in my opinion. You think sun, fire, heat, you know, mm-hmm. gold, and you know, the, the Quran being the, the sword of fire, you know, it, it, it just kind of lends to itself that, that a, a pure gold or twin or a pure gold or anyone obviously, you know, could could wield it and wield it well, I guess. So maybe he did give it to him for a reason more than just him trying to gain his trust back. When he gave it to him, you know, he gave him the codex pages. He gave him the sword. You know, it kind of feels like he's trying to buy his his trust back mm. when he's actually doing these things. But maybe there's there's another another motive there. Yeah, I definitely think there could be another reason. I mean, there's obviously a reason Flamel has a sword hidden away, and then he just picks this particular moment to go pick it up and give it to Josh. Doesn't, it just seems a little he fishy. Say he had it hidden to keep it from D because he knew D had the other ones. He knew D was after the Clarence. I can't remember why he says he hid it in the stone plinth. Actually, in that same chapter where they're talking about all the swords, I still had it had it opened up. I'm not asking – this is Nicholas. I'm not asking any of you to carry it or wield it, Nicholas snapped. He spun the weapon on the table until the hilt touched the boy's fingers and did each of them in turn. We know D and Machiavelli are coming. Josh is the only one amongst us without the ability to protect himself. Until his powers are awakened, he's going to need a weapon. I want him to have Clarent. Nicholas, Skadik cried, horrified. What are you thinking? He's an untrained humanity. With a solid gold aura, Flamel said cold. Right. He's determined to keep him safe. He pushed the sword into Josh's fingers. This is yours. Take it. Josh right. leaned forward and felt the two pages from the codex press against his skin in the cloth bag. This would be the second gift the alchemist had given him in as many days. Part of him wanted to accept the gifts as face value to trust him and to believe that Flamel liked him and trusted him in turn. And yet, and yet even after the conversation they'd had in the street, somewhere at the back of his mind, Josh couldn't forget what Dee had said by the fountain in Ohio. Right, exactly. So... Uh, yeah, I think that's probably the main reason. It's because, you know, the gold aura and the connection there. But there, you know how Flamel is with not quite telling the whole truth. So there might be something in addition to that as well. Right. So the twins, what about their, their bond together? Like the kind of things they share? Seems like it's going to be going in, uh, in, in waves as far as their bond. Because, I mean, obviously they were real tight in the alchemist. But then all of a sudden Sophie kind of pulled away and you saw the... The jealousy and Josh feeling separated from her, but now right. that he's awakened and he's learned to magic, it seems like maybe they're pulling together again. Exactly. Because not I, only did they does he learn a magic, he learned it with Sophie. Yeah. Like they both, both learned water magic at the same time, the same instance. Right. So I don't know if that helped him. Kind of, kind of bring their bond together. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're gonna see that bond be tested. Again, and I think we'll see it nearly break, but I think in the end, the two of them are going to come together, and that's gonna their bond right. is what's going to save them and propel right. them to help complete the story. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if Josh is going to go as far as to break away from the group to go to D to learn more magics, maybe? I, I, don't, I don't know. No, I don't, I don't see split up. I don't know. I just – I see them being together – Pretty much for the run. Right. I don't. I don't. I don't see a split up between the twins. Um, I know that's a fairly popular, yeah, theory that they'll end up being split apart at some point. But I didn't necessarily I mean split happening. apart. They could be in the same place no, and not liking each other. <laughs> at right. the time. No. No. See, I. I don't. I think that. I think that they are going to be separated, whether it's by choice or not. You know. I, I don't know, but I think I see them being separated, and and having. Maybe, Maybe having to make the choice to come back together. I don't know. It, it's already happened once with, I mean, when yeah. Josh went after Scatty. And then he chose they to were leave. separate. He chose to leave and go, he chose to go with D. Yeah, D and Machiavelli. So. Well, and they, they did separate for a brief time when Josh went with Flamel and Sophie went with Scatty in Paris. And then they met mm-hmm. back up again and they were – Josh that was, was really upset a, about a, having to leave Sophie. Yeah, so but, they don't like being – they don't want to be physically separated. 
Right. Well, you know, obviously, you know, Josh had schemed that plan so they could escape from him when they got set when they mm-hmm. finally got separated. That, you know, that was kind of his plan behind it. Yeah. Behind the whole thing. But we pretty much, I think, we pretty much covered the gist of the twins. I'm gonna take this, you know, podcast opportunity to throw out one of my wild theories that I'd like to do on these things. <laughs> you know, we've already kind of touched on how one of the magics is ether and time. We've seen time travel. It's obviously part of the series. So I'm postulating that perhaps Sophie and Josh are the original twins. Yeah, you, I think awesome. you said that before. I think you said I don't that know before. If, I don't know if I've said it on the podcast or not, I, but I've, it's, I I've mentioned it. Sure. Yeah, I think you did. Being this being the twins podcast and all. Sure. You're saying I'll, they. I'll, I'll bring it up here. They they learn all four magics, thus gaining the ability to learn the fifth magic, and they use it, it to go back to Daniel Tallis. And that's they have, and it's one of those things they have to go back to then, or maybe they're transported back to then, not of their own free will. And mm-hmm. as it happens, people realize these are the original. These these are the original twins. These aren't right. because I mean there haven't been too many elders that have necessarily would full on recognize them it's been millennia true my head's gonna explode if i think about that too hard (laughs) i think i think it's either that or recognizes sophie yeah i think it's either that or their long blood related like distant relatives of the original twins i mean like their descendants of the original twins so it's one of those. It kind of puts a full They're circle. They're their own ancestors. Storyline. Not so that. <laughs> to prevent. They to are their prevent. own grandparents. <laughs> no, they are not. That's not what I meant. The, <laughs> if, exactly. if the final summoning is bringing them back to down to Talos to prevent the original fall. Right. Well, I mean, so in order to, here's the thing: so, if, if the fall never happens, then the Humani never gain control of the planet and, and flourish. So maybe it's to go back to make sure the fall happens. That, yeah. So in order to prevent the, – in order the Dark Elders <laughs> reclaiming the Earth is actually preventing their ever having fallen. No. No, it's, no the Dark Elders' plan. Oh. Uh, okay. Or what, what the final summoning is, what okay. the Dark Elders are trying to do is go back and prevent their fall. So, uh, so Josh, I think you two just took too many spins in your time machine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was going to tell them that I think they need to get together and draw me a chart. <laughs> of, of well, no, I mean, there's really no <laughs> chart. I mean, I don't think it's that that overly overly complicated. <laughs> the twins have to go back. Twins go back in time and cause the fall of Danos Alice. That's their Sophie plan. Josh well, the fall of <laughs> Period. <laughs> They have to make sure the fall happens, is what you're saying. Yes. Okay. It's kind of like Marty McFly has to go back and make sure his dad hooks up his mom. <laughs> Can I have one of those you are here maps? <laughs> it's 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 the same basic concept. They have to go back and make sure the fall happens. But are you know they disappearing on a photograph? Yes. Okay. You know what? That's, that's two references now that I'm betting a good portion of of, of our listeners are not going to have any clue what you're talking about. Uh, yeah, let's just move on from that so we don't all feel <laughs> feel horrible now. Thank you for that, Chris. Um, <laughs> so are we going to move on to Jeff's random quote? Yeah, yeah, it's random quote time. Um, you know, it's back. You know, you guys thought we were going gonna, gonna to let it go, but nope, we brought it back for another round. So get your books out and uh, pencils down. Ready to, to copy this quote, and here it is. How we interrupt your regularly scheduled programming for an important news story from AKA News. Good evening, and welcome to AKA News, the home of breaking news and on location reporting. I'm Chi Chi Goldstein Bergowitz, and this is our top story. Just in, an explosion rocks an area of downtown San Francisco, California. That's like just west of Alta Park. The blast originated from an independent book retail shop. None were reported dead, but several missing after the dust cleared. The shop's two owners and an employee have yet to be located. We're about to go live on location with our reporter, Guy Friday. Guy, what can you tell us about the scene? 
Well, Chi-Chi, the plot thickens. I've just overheard the owner of a coffee shop directly across the street from the explosion telling an officer that one of her employees has gone missing as well. Now, the employee in question just happens to be the twin sister of the missing bookstore employee. The police are launching a full investigation and have yet to make a statement. But this has all the signs of either insurance fraud, foul play, or a terrorist act. Oh, here comes the coffee shop owner now. Uh, Miss, miss, can I have a second of your time? Um, sure, okay. What can you tell us about the shop across the street? Did you know the owners were terrorists? What? Terrorists? The the Flemings? No, they couldn't be. Could they? I don't make the news, ma'am. I just report it. Well, I don't know about that. They seem like such nice people. Ma'am, do you think they've taken your employee to be sold in some weird child slavering where they'll be forced to work in a sweatshop owned by Enoch Enterprises? About. Ma'am, you're clearly in shock. Uh, medic, we need a medic over here. I'm not in shock. I, I wasn't even here. Wait, stop. Don't touch me. No, I don't want to get on the stretcher. I'm fine, I tell you. Quick thinking there, guy. That lady was clearly in need of some medical attention. Well, because of my years of experience in covering these types of hardcore and gritty stories, I was able to quickly react and probably just save that poor woman's life and not a hair out of place. Wow, that's so great. Guy, see if you can get a statement from one of those officers working on the scene. Will do, Chi-Chi. Oh, here comes one now. Sir, sir, officer. Now, keep, keep it moving, pal. On the other side of the street. On the other side of the yellow tape. Sir, sir, do you think you'll find any weapons of mass destruction in there? It, it, any what? It, it, it's a bookshop. Look, 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 behind the line, please. Behind the line. Do you think you'll find the charred remains of two adults, two children, and a pony? No, no, sir. We have yet to... What? A a pony? Where? Never mind. Get behind the line. Well, Chi-Chi, it doesn't look like we're going to get any... Hey, whoa, Chi-Chi? Did you say Chi-Chi? Like, uh, like like Chi-Chi Goldstein Bergorowitz? Oh, oh, I love her. I watch her all the time. Uh, uh, On TV, of course. (laughs) I don't patrol around her house or misuse police equipment to tap her phone lines. I I mean, hi, (laughs) Chi-Chi. It's Butch. Remember, I, I pulled you over last week for, for driving while gorgeous. Well, that certainly is um, frightening. Uh, back to you, Cheeky. Well, that's a totally ace report in there, guy. Another terrorist plot uncovered, and it's Cheechy. I'm certainly not Cheeky. <sighs> Up next, uh, like, Sabertooth Tigerhead found the top mount Tempelis. But how did it get there? We've got answers. Now return you to your regularly scheduled program. So, there you have it, guys. That's uh, oh. that's the random quote. It's it's a little long, wasn't it? Yeah, a little bit. Like a lift. <laughs> yeah, <I think> <laughs> yeah. one next time. I almost figure if it's that long, it's probably pretty easy to. It figure should out be hard to that. find. You know, it, it was extremely hard for me to find that long of a quote that did not mention who was speaking. It was it was it was very hard, but you know. Or really, who they were speaking to, or who they were speaking to. So you guys should be able to find it. If not, um, sorry. <laughs> so uh, I'm, I'm expecting some good response on this one. <laughs> so, but um, yeah. So if you uh, if you know what the random quote is, you send the email into awakenings at fullmails dash immortal dash portal dot com, and uh, if your first one in, we'll uh, we'll announce your name on the next podcast. So uh, speaking of the next podcast, we are going to be covering the Witch of Endor along with Mars Altor. So that ought to be a very interesting podcast. Yeah, we'll get um, the other side. Probably reiterate some Sophie stuff. But <laughs> yeah, we talked so much about her on this one. Uh, we should have plenty to talk about on the next one. So, you guys, please jump over and uh, vote for us on, on Podcast Alley. The uh, voting starts every month. So when you hear this, uh, jump over and do it. If you would, please, we'd really appreciate it. You can also send emails to the Awakenings address I gave you just a minute ago or individual emails to any of the cast members here at their uh, first name at fullmails-immortal-portal.com. So that's all the time we have for this episode. Until the next Legate opens, this is Jamie, Jeff, Sean, and Chris signing off.
podcast may induce uncontrollable laughter, resulting in stares, glares, and strange looks from members of the general public. Please take the appropriate steps to protect yourself from these embarrassing moments. You can't call your grandmother. <laughs> I'm starting early with the voices and the sound effects again. Yeah. You didn't realize you did that so much, did you? <laughs> uh, that was awesome. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Rick is for Jeff. Wow. <laughs> I, I completely si- silenced the room. Well, the voices, I'm not so sure about the singing. Oh. <laughs> I could do my current frog singing. I'll sing Dr. Horrible songs. Oh, yes. Yes, we could do that. Because a man's gotta do what a man's gotta do. <laughs> On that note, needs kissing, some ticking bomb needs diffused. Laundry <laughs> uh, <clears throat> day, see you there. Under things. <laughs> Wanna say, love your, love hair. your hair. Here I go, mumbling. With my freeze ray, I will stop the world. And on that note... <clears throat> and we go. And we just have our blooper reel. <clears throat> All two and a half minutes. Bad horse, bad horse, bad horse, bad horse. He rides across the nation, the thoroughbred of sin. All right, Jeff, Not stop. the application <laughs> that you just sent in. It needs evaluation, so let the games begin. And how many times have you listened to this that you haven't memorized? Hundreds. It's memorizing a song. It's not that hard. Yeah, it's not that hard. And there you have it. Jeff, the one man show. Yep. You got. You know what? Just turn the recorder on. You guys can go and log off. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See ya. <laughs> come back in an hour and turn it off. In an hour? I think we could come back tomorrow and you'd still be going. Damn cycle. No, it's only a 42. Um, we didn't do the... The uh, QOM. Well, I was getting to that. <laughs> was uh, sound like you were, next you on the were list. Rolling, you were rolling right onto the, to the twins thing when you said the twins. So, <laughs> uh, all right, that's okay. If you were the twins, would you trust from Flamel? Let me do that again. Uh, response is no. Just met him. Why would you trust him? Well, I'm sorry. I'm making up things. <laughs> <laughs> But it did a beep 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 beep.